Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS on a Christmas Eve edition of Animal Talk. We're still here coming at you talking all things dogs, cats, and pets. With me, Connor McCarthy, is Dr. Dan Lang, as always. And it's not it's not a white Christmas, I don't think, Dr. Lang. I don't think we're going to get good. that. The weather is a little too warm for... Well, I'm sure you like it uh, for, because of, <laughs> you still have to do some work outdoors. Uh, I'm sure it's nicer that you don't need to get bundled up in your, your ski coat exactly. uh, and your snowshoes. But uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a white Christmas. But it's still a happy holiday period. Is there anything you got planned going on? Uh, we're coming to the end of it, although some people stretch it out kind of the whole next week. So is there anything that you got planned for it? Well, as I tease a little bit, you know, we're kind of like little farmers. Every day is the same, taking care of the animals. They don't care it's Christmas. Sure. They want us, you know, to have the food available 6 o'clock in the morning and roughly 5 o'clock at night. And uh, even Christmas Day, they don't want to change in schedule. Yeah, they don't so. take any days off, right? Uh, it's. <laughs> I've asked them if they could maybe get a meal or two meals one day and just a meal the next day or something to kind of yeah. swing around. But no, or they're like, hey, all... Hey, guys, it's a vacation. Like, exactly. Can we, can we sleep in until uh, <laughs> 1030 here? Uh, that's when we can eat? No, they. I'm sure they want to eat at all times. Exactly. Uh, I've had family coming in and out all this past week, so it's been good to see them. Uh, I don't have to deal with the same animals that you have to deal with, so my schedule's a little clearer, especially on my days off. Uh and you know I don't want to I don't want I want to get ahead of myself, but I've been I've been getting convinced by certain family members to get a cat. So I you know that might be on the horizon, Doctor Lang. I think it's a great idea. I, my middle stepdaughter Alex just got one, and she just lives by herself. She's in the Navy mm-hmm. and out in Norfolk, and she just she said it so well. She says every night I come home, the the cat's there. Yeah. It's nice to come home to something. So, you know, after a busy, hard day, uh, it's she says she just loves to have the cat. So it's it's been a win-win. And she's probably not listening, but I, I've i talked on the talks before about getting, like, uh, food puzzles and different toys to kind of stimulate the cats. And so mm-hmm. Santa Claus brought three or four toys oh. or food puzzles for her cat. Well, that's, cat's name is that's Rip, very so. nice. That's very nice of him. Uh, and I'm sure uh, – I'm not sure if she's listening, but – uh, a certain cousin brought up the fact that years ago I promised her that she could help pick out a cat for me. And that's kind of been thrown back in my face as I, I see family again. And I, I still don't have that cat, Dr. Lang. So. Well, with all your knowledge, <laughs> and I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. Well, if, see, if it'll help. I was thinking <laughs> now I know so much from, from talking to you every week that I think I could handle it. But maybe not so much back when I made this uh, this promise that maybe I shouldn't have made back then. Uh, so earlier last week, you talked to uh, Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on the show that I, I work on, but I was not working that day because I happened to be taking it off uh, for the aforementioned family uh, visiting into town. You guys talked about getting pets for the holidays, and I imagine this was brought up because Josh Gilbert got his uh, wife a cat for Christmas. Uh, so I'm sure he brought that up. What did you tell them? We can kind of, we don't need to do the whole rehash, but I wasn't there. It's maybe some people out there weren't listening. Well, it comes down to that the general recommendation is not to get an animal 
at Christmas. I'm sure. There's just too much going on. <laughs> and I had to laugh because he says, well, my wife wanted a cat so bad or wanted to get one for me. Well, there's always an exception to the rule. Well, but yeah. in general, there's just too much going on. And you get this new kitten or puppy and they're just overwhelmed. I mean, there's so much anxiety because there's a lot of family guests there. And you know, everybody wants to pet the dog, hold the kitten. And that it's just way too much for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably came from a shelter. They were more isolated and uh, it just isn't a good time to do it. And of course, we're all busy. And I mentioned, you know, there's more likelihood with all this, the goodies, they're going to get into the chocolate or the bread dough or raisins or grapes. And we always think that the animal can never get to it. But in many well, cases, of they course do. they can. They're, and, they're but, pretty smart. You, know, you have the food out for the family and you don't think about the pets that they may have a possibility getting into it. So you have mm-hmm. to be really careful with that. And maybe it's not a bad idea. You just put the kitten or puppy in another room. Just kind of keep them away from everybody. Yeah. I mean, you want to socialize them. But if you have 20 guests, that's probably not a good way to socialize. Right. Now, so, he mentioned, I, I I hope he mentioned, that he put the cat in the box, wrapped it up, and gave it to her. <laughs> is that the method you would recommend if that is what's happening? Uh, it feels to me like... You know, you see it in the movies where the you know the pet, the, the pets in the box and they're 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 going crazy, they're scratching up, then they escape. Uh, is that what you'd recommend, or would I, you say maybe put a bow on their head and walk them in? I kind of told him. Of course, it was too late, but <laughs> I told him that maybe in the stocking you put like a little cat collar oh, or a little okay. cat treat and say Santa will be back next week or something. You know, after sure, the holidays, yeah. and then you don't have to worry about keeping an eye on the cat. Or the stress of the cat or all the stuff we've talked about. But because well, timing it out would be tough, too, because you're getting the pet, but yep. you don't want, you know, the person you're giving it, giving it to to see it, probably a spouse right. or, a, right. you know, uh it just It's just kids. too hard to do that. Yeah. It's just not practical because in the movies it's a little different. But uh, I just would get the toys or something, give them the inkling. And we even talked real briefly, you know, what if it's somebody you're getting a pet for and they don't want a pet? I've had older it's ladies, people felt sorry for him and got him a dog. And one of my clients, the dog just had one medical issue. It was very aggressive. It chewed everything up. I mean, the lady was just stressed mm. all to pieces right. with that. And that was really the worst thing to do. It was a surprise and it was not a very good surprise. So yeah. because the cats and dogs live a long time, as you and I've talked about in the past, mm-hmm. you know, once they get this animal, it's it's going to be a long haul. Well, and how about this? You put the... You put the collar in the stocking, and then they can come and help pick out the actual pet. I think that's right? a great thing to do. Rather than, and if some reason they don't want an animal, I mean, you paid for the collar, but it's right. not a big, big deal or hard on the animal where they're adopted, and then it doesn't work out. Right? Because so. I'm sure maybe they want a pet. Maybe you know your spouse wants a pet, a dog, even. But you go and get them a dog, and they say, well, I wanted a big dog. I didn't want a small dog. I didn't. I, we weren't on the same page here. You know, I thought we would go and get this big dog, and you yep. wanted a small dog. Oops, now we've got this dog that you didn't even want. It was a gift to you. Yeah, so many times we communicate, I want this and that, but we don't always give the details. And this mm-hmm. is just a prime example that it wasn't under more discussion. But, of course, you're trying to do it as a surprise so if you talk a lot about an animal, then it's less of a surprise. But that's probably the best thing to do, like you mm-hmm. say, so that everybody's on the Just same page. Just get it all on the same page. It's going to work out better that way. 
Uh, on a maybe not as a cheerful note, I mean, does this happen? You kind of hear about it for Easter, right? With the the rabbits, where people get them yep. and they don't want to keep them, yep. and they kind of end up right back in the shelter. Is that what happens? If kind of it doesn't, do you see kind of an uptick around right after the holidays? Yeah, the the ducks and the rabbits are the the main, and of course, it's directed at the kid and. You know, most of the time, as we already know, mm-hmm. kids not going to take care of it. Sure. And so I think some of them, unfortunately, pass away because they don't get the right food or they don't get the proper care and that that type of thing. But when I was um, when they let me know a couple hours before I did, you know, as I do my homework. And it turns out that in the 1950s to the 1970s, it was actually much, much more common to get. Oh. A dog or cat, and actually it has eased off a little bit. In so recent years. I don't know if it's people are so busy or somehow have decided that that's not the best. Maybe gift they to realize right. now. Or maybe, wait a maybe second. their parents or grandparents or something happened and they mm-hmm. found out it was such a disaster. I I don't know, but statistically, there are much fewer puppies and kittens that appear on Christmas Day. So. Or maybe we're getting through to people and about how expensive the, the pet is and they're not so, will, you know, going into it uh, on yep. a whim. You know, they're yep. thinking about it. They're planning it out. But anyway, it's definitely a less incident. So it's still, I mean, there's still, it still occurs, but mm-hmm. it appears that it's not as such a popular thing, if that's the right word. Yeah. Uh, is that, has anyone ever gotten you a pet for a, for a holiday or a birthday? I, I shouldn't say this. But I think it was my first year of vet school, I got a guinea pig for the oh, holidays. Okay. How yeah. was the guinea pig? Well, I was kind of aggravated because I didn't, you really, didn't really want, want another animal. You know, it was busy <laughs> enough as it is. Of course, with the guinea pigs, I mean, we I had a nice aquarium for the guinea pig, and you feed them once a day or leave the food out. So it, it really was What was his name? Oh, that's a good question. It's 40 years ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah. If I get it later tonight, I'll give you a call. Okay. But, uh, it, All right. Yeah. I can't think of it now. Anytime you remember the guinea pig's name, just uh, call me on call me and let me know. Uh, I mean, yeah, just uh, is that common for vet students to have lots of pets at the time going through vet school? I don't think really so. I don't remember that. my classmates. I thought it was bad enough, so to speak, that they had a spouse or kids. I mean, it's just there's only so many hours <laughs> of the too, day. Yeah, it's too busy. And, and to have an, an animal would be just you know more on it. I don't remember that many had had animals it so. just kind of feels like you know you spend all day right with these with animals and then you come home and you got an animal you got to take care of you spent all day learning how to take care of other animals right I, yeah because i know the first year we did anatomy and one of the semesters were dogs and cats and maybe after seeing the insides all day mm-hmm. nah, i don't think i need a furry yeah i think you, get, you get the pet after you graduate right right exactly that, that way you don't you don't there's no overlap there it's not too bad uh, all right. Well, it is Christmas Eve, and I thought we can talk a little bit about the holidays. Maybe it's a little late. Maybe you're still out there shopping. Maybe you're racing to get something done. But talking about things to get for your pet for Christmas, Dr. Lang. I, As you know, I have a lot of pull, Connor, and I talked to some of the pet stores, and they're going to stay out late because they know late. we're talking late. That's right. So for those of you that need last-second things for your pet. But as I was teasing Connor before we got on air, you know, every day is Christmas for most of our pets. Right. And whether it's three days after Christmas, they'll still be tickled pink that they got a present. Well, how about this? You know, you don't always see everyone you need to buy for on Christmas. Sometimes you see them the week after Christmas. And, you know, as it comes along, you think, I need to get a gift for so-and-so. 
and they have a dog. So it would work still even if it's after Christmas, of course. Exactly. They're not going to be upset that they didn't no, get what no. they wanted or the timing. So, right. again, it's all I don't good. think anyone's ever upset to get a <laughs> gift, right? Even if it's not for Christmas. If it's just a random gift, they're still happy with it. I, I'm pretty sure. That's just me. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I kind of thought going back to the gifts, maybe a few of these things with all the medical things we've talked since uh, March or so, that, um, you know, maybe if you have an older large breed dog, you might want to get an orthopedic bed. And I, those work very well for pets that are kind of stiff or so sore. So an orthopedic bed, is this like a memory I, I, foam? Is it this... probably is. I, you know, I, I should have done more research. Not ever bought one, not ever getting one myself for an animal. I don't know that much about it, but I just see so many of them on the catalogs or online or just going to a pet store and just mm-hmm. seeing what they have that it's a pretty common thing. I mean, it couldn't hurt for a younger animal just to get them used to it. Or if they have a back problem, we see a lot of dogs that get pinched nerves or disc problems or something in the back. So any kind of orthopedic issue or they overdo it, you know, they go for that 10 mile walk one day when they usually just go a half a mile and it just uh, like the rest of us kind of overdo it. But I just think the orthopedic beds would be a, a great thing to do, or maybe get a bigger one for yourself and, you know, if you're not using it, give it to the dog. But right. I think orthopedic beds yeah. are an excellent birthday gift, and I think the animals will be very grateful for something of that. Uh, let me sort. ask you this. This was going around social media. I guess it's a chiropractor is how I would describe it for dogs, and it kind of looks like they get them in the poses that you sometimes see chiropractors get them in, and you kind of yep, crick the neck <laughs> or crick the back, and it's – we, I didn't. I didn't know. People in the comments couldn't figure it out. Is that real? Is that yep. something that's happening, or is it just this guy doing it for social media? I um, I I think in one of my uh, next presentations, the next couple two or three weeks, I will discuss alternative treatments like acupuncture oh. and more holistic, okay. because I think there are some benefits to that in addition to the Western medicine that we were all taught in school to do. Something to look but forward to. Where I was before. We actually had a chiropractor doctor, and she had taken extra training to work on dogs and cats. And she came every Thursday from eight to noon. And it really did. And it a lot really of people were very, very helpful. Or felt that it really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's say again, it had a pinched nerve in its back or a muscle problem. You know, maybe it was on medication and it was helping a little bit. But I think the combination of both the chiropractic and the medication, you know, I think sometimes. Work in two different ways. I right. I think it really right. was a great benefit. I'm a firm believer in the chiropractic for, okay. for animals. In fact, I think tonight or tomorrow, my wife talks to me once a week and she tells me all the social things are going to happen <laughs> that day. And like I have to hang around the house. But anyway, we have a horse and a mule, as we've kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. And the horse does have some arthritis. We do give it a pain medicine every day, or my wife does. And the chiropractic is chiropractor is coming out tonight or tomorrow night or early the next horse. week and it's actually going to work on the horse and she has these big pill a uh, big uh, foam pillows that she kind of gets up to because of course a horse i is was high my enough. first thing these yep. dogs were smaller right you can still kind of grab them and yep. ma- you know manipulate the back this horse yeah what are you, are you you can't you can't uh, affect a horse, really, I don't think. Uh, well, it has helped my wife. I mean, she okay. usually speaks her mind, and she, it's she truly feels that it that it's helped. Okay. And it's been a while since we've had her out. It's the same chiropractor that we have at, at the clinic, and uh, it's uh, I I think it's it's great. So 
Okay. So anyway, I'm, the chiropractor, there's definitely a lot to it. and I, But I would ask that if you do get one, you'll see if they've had any animal experience because animals are different, different than humans. And I just, you know, I may be a little bit nervous if I just had somebody that just worked on the humans mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they decide, you know, that they can do dogs or cats or horses or cows right. or Doesn't quite whatever. Work so same. I would, you know, on a seri- somewhat serious note, I would make sure that they've had some animal experience before you get them out there mm-hmm. and... Um, Okay, it, that's good to know. It's definitely a good so thing. So the orthopedic to, bed, go back to that. I mean, that, well, the orthopedic bed, and, and maybe if you feel like the horse, if you have one, <laughs> if you have one, right. of course, or there, uh, you know any any, any animal, animal, animal of sort, you know, maybe look around, and uh, maybe it's even a New Year's resolution, get a gift certificate or something like that. If okay. it's like for somebody sure. else, but I think it's something to look into and just try it. Try it. I, it's not certainly not going to hurt. You know, maybe I know it doesn't help every time, but it's even like us with our injections and treatments and pills and whatever. Unfortunately, it doesn't always help out, mm-hmm. but sure. I think it's it's worth doing. So I would look into the chiropractors because I think it's it's truly a, a good thing to do. And since we're on that frame, you know, maybe get some joint supplements. It, sometimes supplements are difficult because there's not much government supervision. Maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... Um, there are a lot of them that are offered, and usually the ones that have glucosamine or chondroit, those are the two main ingredients. If they have that in the joint supplement, I think it's worth worth giving to your pet. So that might be a, a stocking stuffer. But right now I'm doing a, some research in hip dysplasia, and all the different articles I read on different treatments for hip dysplasia, which is basically arthritis of the hip, is to do a joint supplement of some sort. And I think maybe you'd need to do it be, sooner than later. Why wait till the dog can hardly get up? You know, maybe at middle age, you got a Labrador not showing any signs. You know, why not start it sooner? Because it can't hurt, right? I yep. mean, it's just going to, even if it doesn't have a big impact, it's just going to help a little bit, and it's better to start early, you're saying. I used to run quite a bit, and I took it for a while, and talking to my own human doctor, it was kind of, mm, they're not sure that, how effective it is in humans. But mm. again, I'm a firm believer it, it it can help a lot of animals. So with that Christmas gift or stocking stuffer, why don't you consider doing sure. a joint supplement? Of some, how is that conversation with the human doctors as a vet? Is there some contention there that, or, or is there, is that, uh, is that, how is that like? I've never thought about it. Well, that. I probably asked too many questions, but I have a concierge <laughs> doctor where I, I get to spend an hour and a half mm-hmm. with them when I go in. So it's not always a rush, rush. But I've learned because I told a story where a human doctor tried to spay a cat and was a complete disaster. And uh, I think I've learned my limitations that I will stick with the four-legged creatures, maybe the ones with feathers and that type of thing every so often. But mm-hmm. I, I know enough not to not think to, that I'm smart yeah. enough that I can apply my veterinary stuff okay. to, the, to the humans. So I didn't know if there we, was some contention. Oh, yeah, oh no, I know they, that they, this is like they this. They know that I've drawn the line, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a pretty good pretty good guy yeah. that I'll learn from you because you went to school for that. Yeah, and, and, and unless it comes to spaying to and neutering, and yep. then you're, you're on the case. Yep. You, you, so I think those are all, all, you know, with the animals because arthritis is very common in large breeds and middle age and on, so I think that's a good time to do it. And maybe this is part of a New Year's resolution. Maybe we need to think about doing a light food of some sort. Again, weight is an issue. Extra weight puts more pressure on the joints. And so maybe a light diet. Talk to your veterinarian. Do some research online. But there's a number of light foods. And um, 
I think that would be a good thing to do. Just recently we talked about the food puzzles, toys to occupy the animal. They don't often get enough stimulation, and so I think it's a great idea to get the food puzzles, make it harder for them to get the food, but it's kind of a a good way. Instead of just filling the bowl up and they eat it in 20 seconds, Mm -hmm. they have to kind of fight for it. So I think those are great. Great gifts to give as well. Does that work for dogs and cats, the food puzzles? Is that something? It I, does. I think I've heard of them for dogs. I, I mean, I think it's still great for cats. Most cats just eat a little bit at a time. You know, they eat the mouse, and then they're good for a while, and then they, later in the day or two days later they get another mouse. And so they kind of know how just to eat a little bit or, or kind of have through evolution. They're more of a grazer just, than, Right, yeah. exactly. Well said. You said that's so good. Well, there we go. So, um. And uh, let's see what else did I write. Scribble down here. Um, make sure your dog has a microchip. If not, you know, in the near future, it's a good identification because if ever a stray dog comes into our animal hospital, I know all the rescue groups have scanners, and we've really found homes for a lot of rehomed or got back to the normal home getting the microchip. So, I so think microchips for dogs, I know everyone kind of knows. It's for animals. But for cats, yeah, I was going to say. And I've even done some birds. Now I have to tell you, it makes me a little nervous because those those chips are pretty big. Especially for a bird. And they're, a bird, they're pretty light. even a parrot, which is fairly good size, you don't want to go too deep there. Mm-hmm. So, But I, I think it's just a, a great identification. Back in the olden days, we used to do tattoos on the animals. We would put something in the thigh oh. or on the belly uh, but what if you have a mean cat or a feral cat? You don't always know if if you just have a tattoo, if it was done that way. And they even, I don't know if you're aware of this, Connor, but sometimes we would uh, trim the tip of the ear, and that indicates that the pet's been spayed or neutered. I think I had heard that. Uh, so from afar, you yes. can tell if a pet's, because, again, you may not be able to get close enough, because I have we have worked with rescue groups, and sometimes we have spayed an animal twice, and it was already spayed. Mm-hmm. But we had no indication. Now, is that going to be more for kind of a program that's just about spaying and neutering uh, wild cats? And yes. you know, might they might end up back in the in the wild. But as well, long- a lot of them are, have, are feral groups. They just spay and neuter to try to min, you know minimize the growth of the population too right. fast, and they just send them back out in in the wild because they're probably not socialized or would make a good good pet. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's more just the feral cats get them spayed and neutered and try to help with the how does rounding those up work? Do they? Is there a sedative involved? Uh, do, well, you know, these friendly cats don't yeah. like getting rounded up and uh, brought to the vet, right? So I imagine well, I the feral cats like it even less. Sometimes I think they do have little baskets, they're traps with food and water, oh, okay. and I think it helps. Yeah. With some animals, you get hungry enough that you know they'll they'll go for it. Okay. So. But anyway, the bottom line is we were talking on the microchips. I think that's a great great idea to do it. And how much about does that cost? Do you think? I don't know. I think we charge around forty-five dollars for it. You probably could get it cheaper at a rescue group. Or so it's really not. Good. It's not that much, right? And it, I, I, mean, I think it's just a good. I mean, a lot. You know, when you get a rabies tag or a certificate, the tag has a unique number, so it is another identification. But what if the collar comes off? Mm, right. Because and a lot of people have you know identification tags on the neck that says the address, phone number of the pet. And I think that's great, too. But the microchip is something. But, you know, you can't really rely on that necessarily. For a while, I know we had an old collar on the dog. We had moved houses. Yep. And that was no longer the right information. <laughs> if that, you know, yep. she had gotten loose and they signed the collar. And, well, I'll bring her here. The people there would have been like, yep. 
That's not our dog. Yeah. We don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, and it happened once where she did get loose and she did have a micro trip. So uh, we, they brought her into the vet. They called us up. I don't know the process. Is it a, is it a scan? Like a, you're at the grocery store and you... Yep. It we just beeps. scan it and get a number and then you can just kind of call the registry mm-hmm. and they'll give us the, the address at least of the previous right. owner or what, what was under. Because a lot of times the microchips may be under the rescue group. And so I tell when a new client or new pet comes in with a client, make sure you get online and get it under your address because they won't be able to trace but the so dog to you. It's simple. You know, you oh, yeah. come yeah. in, you do this. It doesn't even sound like it's that much. You have 45 bucks. Yeah. That's not, you know. It's not a lot for something that's really important to do. I think that's just a good practical Christmas gift. So yeah, yeah. I just would would um, you know when you're a kid, all the Christmas gifts are toys and right. something fun, and then when you when you grow up, the Christmas gifts uh, you know become socks or a right. shirt or uh, you know some new tires that you bought for yourself. <laughs> it's less exciting, but it's still stuff you need to do. Yeah, the animals may not appreciate the right. microchip because we do. It's a pretty good size needle. In fact, a lot of times we wait till the pet is spayed or neutered when they're still under the anesthesia. Okay. We'll go ahead and place the chip at that time. But sometimes the pets have already been spayed or neutered, and people want the chip, and so we'll do it with them awake. But So the animal may not be appreciative of it, but it's a win-win for everybody got, in the long yeah, run. You still got to do it. Um, all right. Is there anything else on the list? On the Well, uh, people really like the dog sweaters. They're kind of cute, and I, I think it's not a bad idea. I mean, we've mm-hmm. had some pretty mild weather, but... When you get that chilly weather and you have a short hair dog, I think it's a great they thing do to do. get cold. They might actually need to wear something. Is that what you're saying? I yep. thought that was always just for well, visual. I think more people than not get it for cosmetic reasons, yeah. but I'm just saying that it's not a bad idea to to get it. And and you know, a lot of times they'll come to the animal hospital and kind of show the sweater off and all that. And maybe they have those old Christmas sweaters now. Maybe they're starting to get those for right. dogs as well as yeah, like the, for the ugly Christmas sweaters. Right, ugly. I, those yeah. big words. But yeah, that that's not a bad, mm-hmm. bad uh, idea. All right. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for them in case they're listening. But are the pets outside and back home expecting anything on Christmas morning, Doctor Wang? Yes, we and will. We, what have get, you gotten this well, year see, for the pets? I, that was. As usual, Connor, you're so good in transitions, but I was going to tell people on Christmas Day and with all the crazy stuff going on, you know, maybe give that kitten, this is not a wild gift, but maybe give that kitten a little bit of tuna fish. Those cats like fish, and maybe the dog, give it some canned food. Mm -hmm. Most most dogs just get dry food or add a little gravy to the... To the dog, or if dog you're really food. in a good mood, go and get a steak from the shop, right? Sure. I mean, they won't turn it down. Uh. Or even like vegetables. You know, a lot of times we recommend that for animals that we're trying to get some weight off mm-hmm. and feed them some vegetables. And, again, a lot of times they think, oh, my gosh, we're in hog heaven. Just something a little different, not to upset their stomach. Just but, to mix it up a little bit right. for the holidays, something so I, nice for I think for that's them. an important thing to do. And... um like all of us, consistency is really, really important with the animals, with Christmas and all that. And again, I know all the guests are there, but you still need to feed the pet in the morning, in the evening, whatever your normal schedule is. You know, take it for a walk and maybe you can get away from the family a little bit. Maybe take the dog for a little bit longer walk. So tomorrow they can expect a, a five-course meal from you, Dr. Wang. But well, because I like to eat, that's kind of the way we treat the animals The, p- as, the pigs, as well. I yeah. think everything is a five-course uh, meal care. for the pigs. Well, uh, in fact, we um, had a little Thanksgiving party, and Susie, my wife, invited all the relatives. And again, there's probably 100 of them 
with all her siblings, and we asked them all to bring their pumpkins okay. for the Thanksgiving dinner. And so the pigs especially enjoy it, and the chickens, but they've all been enjoying pumpkin pie. Now, I'm teasing. It's just, just the pumpkin pumpkins itself. But they they just think that. But this for is them, the best it thing. might as well be pumpkin pie. Right. You know, that's right. what you said. It's a it's a it's not, not what they normally eat, and it's a special treat. Well, there's a lot them. of fiber in there. Not that we have any problems with the bowel movements, because I'm the one that cleans up a lot of the poop. <laughs> but the pumpkin is really high in fiber, and it does help a lot of constipated cats, because that's a pretty common oh. issue. Will they eat pumpkin? Is that something that they? A lot of times, I'll tell people get the canned pumpkin, the, the canned, mix, yeah, the, the, yeah, right, and yeah. Um, most They'll cats eat it, love really. Them. Most of, a lot of them are finicky, but when it comes to the canned pumpkin, for some reason, they, they, just, they, they just, really like it. They're so. all over it. Okay, uh, we'll take a quick break here, our first of the Christmas Eve show program. We'll be back after this in a minute. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS on a Christmas Eve edition of Animal Talk. I'm Connor McCarthy with Dr. Dan Lang. And we were talking a little bit about Christmas. I said before the show, you know, it's a Christmas Eve show. It's lighter. You love telling stories, Dr. Lang. Is there any stories that you really wanted to tell? Or maybe you've told before. I'm sure you tell a lot of stories. Yeah, you know, getting older, I forget what I tell (laughs) stories. But I have a couple stories. My wife and I have four peacocks. Four? Four. I knew you had one. I didn't know. I didn't realize there was four. And, of course, I don't know a lot about peacocks. And the joke is, honey, I didn't get any peacocks in vet school. You know, we just <laughs> had nothing to do. We, you know, you, in, well, in vet sure. school, you learn the main species learned, of animals. Yeah. And peacocks, I, I don't know why. They're beautiful creatures. We just didn't get any peacock, as I tease. And we probably had, we got one pair. And then I think a year later, we got another pair, two males, two females. And my wife, her goal in life is to get a born peacock. It's a pea chick for a youngster. Really? And the reason she wants that is that right now the adults we have, they're in a big, large cage. But if we let them loose, as we have lost one in the past, they'll just go up in the trees never to come back again. So they don't. They're just not tame. They're just at this not point. tame. Yeah. I mean, they're. You know, we feed them every day, but you really almost can't even hand feed them. They just get a little bit too timid mm. with it. Of course, it doesn't help when the dogs are barking and all the other stuff, commotion going on. But anyway, the goal is to get a born pea chick, and it will design, it'll be, it'll be imprinted on the human. And so then, if we get any pea chicks, they will... They won't fly away. They, they won't fly away. Uh, they'll just follow us all along, and we don't have to cage them. So it's kind of a win-win. Oh. Uh, in the past, I've had geese, and they, when you get the babies, they just imprint, and they'll follow you all the way around. You know, if you're trying to do something with the geese, they're sticking their nose in there, kind of seeing what's going on. But it's just such a nice feeling with a bird that that's very close with so you. So this is what I've heard this before, but it's always for the negative, right? If you see a baby bird... You shouldn't be picking it up. It's going to imprint on you, and then it's you know, the mother's going to leave it behind. Is that kind? Of, is that what's going on here with that? And is it that easy? You know, if you're just around when they're a baby or when they're a chick. I mean, I think it takes a little bit of time, but I think it's a fairly quick imprint. But some reason they don't see us as a predator or anything of that mm. that okay. sort. 
So, so, um, so anyway, we've been trying. How is the progress on that? Well, is it happening? Is you know, it... again, as I said, I don't know any peacock. So, um, <laughs> but we separated. We fortunately, my wife did this. Thank God, so I didn't get blamed. But we took a male and female, and we had a separate cage. And for the um, springtime is is breeding season, and that's when the peacock, the males, you know, have their feathers up, sure, up, and. It's the craziest thing, but some of our neighbors have complained that it sounds like it's an old woman screaming when they're breeding and vocalizing. Mm, okay. <laughs> and we had the two separate pairs. They laid eggs. My wife has a candling light, so she can take the light and see if there's anything in there. And we've had no luck at no all. Luck. That There's been no embryo or fetus that's developed. Mm. Well, I went to school in Iowa. I lived 15 years in Iowa. And online, I saw that there's a service. They breed peacocks, and they'll sell the fertilized eggs to you. Well, that would solve the problem. And so it's kind of a special gift. You know, I don't, have, I don't know anything about peacocks. You know, my wife is getting frustrated. What can I do, non-veterinarian-wise? And so I went ahead and purchased two eggs. Oh. And I was pretty excited. And I told my wife, and she was really excited. I think I got maybe, most of the time, I only get one brownie point for each Good thing I do, but I think I got two brownie points. <laughs> I think that's worth more. Than but one. it was it was great. But uh, gosh, I'm trying to think what the gestation period is. Is it 21, 27 days before they're developed? Thirty five days later, nothing. Oh. And I had to smile because they made it very clear when I received the eggs that there's no guarantee. A lot of people want their money back, but that's not the, how the way well, it works. Of course. And. Uh, so my wife is a little frustrated that I haven't done a better job, you know, as a breeding specialist that I have now become, even though I've had no training. But that's the way it is sometimes. That's it, the way it and is. And then I have another peacock story if we have a few minutes yeah. left. And the other one is that there is a peacock. One of the females started limping on her leg. And I said, you know, at home, you don't maybe pay quite as close attention. Honey, it's probably just a sprain. Don't worry about it. Well, a week later, it was still limping. Oh. And as some guys may know, I got the glare. And so that means I better take it to the animal hospital and get an x-ray. Right, right. And sure enough, the tibia, the shin bone had fractured. It broken actually leg. had broken its bone. Mm. And the edges were fairly close together. But, you know, if you have two ends of the bone that are far apart, it's never going to heal. Then you have to put a pin or something in there. But they were fairly close together. So I thought, well, let's go ahead and put a cast on. And I don't think we have names. I'm a guy. I don't know. Remember, I don't think we have names for the, the four that we have. Oh, but anyway, the you better be careful just, there. Yeah. If, you, if, if there are names for them, if you don't, if you don't remember them, you're going to get in, in, in trouble. And so I, um, we put a cast on, and the bird was unbelievable. I thought we were going to have to sedate it or something like that because you're pulling on the leg to extend it as you're putting the cast on. You just want to provide support. So the leg won't bend or move, and then the bony heal quicker on it on its own. And the bird did unbelievable. The thing that was kind of nerve-wracking is that if you don't put the, the splint on tight enough, it'll just slip off. You're if right. you put it on too tight, you're going to affect the circulation, and you can cause some pretty nasty wounds. And so ideally, if you have a dog or cat that comes in, every couple days or at least once a week, I'll have the pet owner bring the cast in, and I'll kind of check, make sure it's not rubbing on the skin. If some of the skin is damaged, 
it'll die under the cast and it'll smell. So I'll do some sniffing around the mm. cast. Well, the thing is, once we got the bird home, you, know, you try to get too close to it, it'll just fly away. I mean, up to the perches. Right. And I didn't want it to move. You want to keep it as quiet as possible. Yeah. And so I could never get that close to it. And <laughs> I, usually bones take six weeks to heal. And so I try to look very closely, but six weeks, okay, I got to take it back in. We got to take an x-ray, see how it's doing. And I thought, oh, my God, please don't have some nasty wound because I could never get close enough to it. Right. And, of course, then it would reflect badly exactly, on you, this vet. I don't know any peacocking you know, type <laughs> thing. And fortunately, we took the cast off and there was no wounds at all. It worked out really well. well that's great. Maybe it slipped just a little bit, but it was all fine. We took the x-ray and it pretty much had healed. And so for the first week home, it was kind of favoring a little bit. But, you know, if you haven't used the leg for six weeks, You'll the muscles aren't, you know, aren't going to work as well. But we had a happy ending there. I, I can't well, breathe the birds, great. but by God, I you can, can take care of them. You, you can take care of them. <laughs> well, then the last final quick story is that sometimes fractures can be called be, can be caused by lack of nutrition. And my wife takes care of that. She, to me, feeds them a lot of grapes. And I thought, gosh, I wonder if this was caused by too, too many much grapes. sugar, too much grapes. You know, the, the animal's not getting all the nutrients. There's enough, not enough calcium. But I could not find anything that would cause that problem. <laughs> but, and you know, how do you bring that up to your spouse? Well, because, yeah. you know, at home, I'm the husband. I'm, I'm not the veterinarian. It's going to make you and, sound like you're blaming right, ex- her exactly, for the grapes. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, it all worked out fine. And um, sometimes as she's taking the food, I'll, I'll say, honey, I'll take the food down to the birds and maybe I'll pull a few of the grapes out oh. just and eat them myself or whatever. Well, I but hope just, she's not listening. Just so we can kind of cut down the fruit you're, a little you're bit. You're stealing the birds' yeah. grapes. Yeah. I don't think that would go over so well. That... But those are my peacock stories. They're lovely animals. So they fly so... away. Uh, I know at the zoo, there's peacocks just kind of walking around. Yep. They Is that just because they like it there or are those peacocks uh, zoo peacocks, and they they do something with them so that they stay there. Well, I thought about, I, I, in answer to your question, sometimes you can clip the wings on birds. I've mm-hmm. done that for a lot of parrots. People have, have their pets or cockatiels, all the, all the birds that people keep. And if you clip the feathers, or like half of them, it'll prevent them from flying. So they so may do something be, of that, that sort. That. But uh, it's been a while since I've been at the zoo, but I think they had the aquarium, the aquarium, listen to me, the the Fenced in, in areas completely covered. Sure, that so, yes. So they can't fly away. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. But it's anyway, it's all good. And I've I seriously have learned a lot about peacocks because, like anything else in life, you know, you can be taught in school about it. But once you try to breed them or fix legs, do you they live learn. here? Is that is this an area that they live mm-hmm. in, or like where are they actually from? Yeah, is it a tropical? Yeah. I think it's a tropical. I bird, want to say isn't it? tropical or subtropical. Definitely a, a warmer climate mm-hmm. climate throughout the year. And, you know, with our crazy weather. So how do never... they handle the cold? It's not too they, bad right now. But... Yeah, they do well. We do put some heat lamps like we do with the chickens mm, at night. Okay. They have heat lamps, so that, that helps uh, a lot. Do the other but... animals get jealous that they that these the birds are getting the heat lamps and the pigs are? Well, the pigs sometimes <laughs> in the wintertime will be allowed into the sunroom. Oh. The dogs and two of the three cats are in the house a good portion of the time. Not so all the cats. I think they like the house better than the heat lamps, so yeah. I think the... Yeah. The mammals are quite well, quite they, happy. They with get what to be they in the house. That's yep. a whole other privilege. Yep. You know, that's even better than the yep. heat lamp. Yep. All right, we'll take another quick break here on a Christmas Eve edition of Animal Talk. I'm Connor McCarthy with Dr. Dan Wang. As always, we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big Five Fifty KTRS on a Christmas Eve. 
Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone out there is having a good, happy holidays, wherever you are, whoever you're with. I hope it's been good. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time with us on your holiday. And wrapping up the show, Dr. Wang, you know, we talked a little bit about how I might be getting guilted into getting a a, a cat. uh, And we talked normally about how it's better to get them from the shelters. And I know you brought this up before off the air. You wanted to talk about this. It's a little more of a serious topic, but the shelters right now are really full, right? That's what that's what you were saying. And I think it's the more I heard on the news, it's more of the large breed dogs. You know, maybe it's a lot of the pit bulls or mm-hmm. we fancily call them Steph, Steph Shire Terriers, but um, they're they're just full. They just can't take any more. And I'm not sure if there's any particular reason. You know, I know during the COVID, it was kind of nice, so to speak, that a lot of people got pets then. And so the shelters, some of them were empty. They didn't have any any animals at, at right. all. Which I'm sure is not usual, right? Yep. I imagine the shelters are, are unfortunately telling, very often full. Right. And I'm not telling people to go get another animal just to help the shelters. But I think there's a, a variety of animals that are available and if you're interested after the holidays i think this would be a very good mm-hmm. time because some sometimes the year you go there are very few animals you don't have a whole lot of choice if you want to get one but now i think the choice is pretty darn good so you know maybe yeah. as a new year's resolution if the family's truly interested there's still time you can still get that dog collar to let them know that <laughs> they may be getting the right, dog down, right. the, down the road well, you but, know i think the 12 days that uh, that starts with christmas i think right. and then the, it goes exactly so if you're going with the 12 days uh idea i think you still got plenty of time but uh, anyway i just want to let people know that the shelters are full and if you're leaning toward uh getting a dog and interested in a large animal dog i i think i would take the time make the time to Go visit and bring the family because a lot of times I think if it's a kind of a family decision, then everybody's happier than if mom and dad just make the decision. Right. It could be a little trickier with the with the kids. And we talk a lot about getting a getting an animal and the starting process for that and how it just it, it is better to just go and adopt from the shelters in most cases. I mean, sure, maybe if you want a specific breed. You, you know, you might have to go somewhere else, but right. they, these dogs are there. They're in the shelter. They're waiting for a good home. I mean, it makes sense to me to just go to the shelter. Um, I don't, you know, I won't begrudge anyone who doesn't, but that to me, it just seems like they really need it. You're giving a dog a good home. So I'd say at least go check it out. If you're thinking about getting a pet, at least take a look at the shelters and see if there's anything there that is, you know, at any dogs there that are, what you want because i think it i think there's a really good chance that there is yeah and i i think the animals again i'm kind of putting our own emotions but i think the the animals that are rescued and adopted out i think they're very grateful for having a home right and Absolutely. so I, it's just and it does give you a good feeling i mean it's always nice to get a a good quality animal from a breeder but when you help an animal out it it just is a true win-win i right. think it's it's just like providing a gift and the gift to the animal is is adopting right. it, absolutely providing it a, as they always say, a forever ever home. Absolutely, so I absolutely. think it's great. All right, well, we're gonna wrap it up here on this Christmas Eve. I want to say again, thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for listening every Sunday. Uh, it's not been quite a year, right, Doctor Wang? We're not quite a year, I think. Nope. Uh, but almost. I'll you know I I don't want to say that I forgot the anniversary day, uh, <laughs> but uh, we're just 
We didn't. It's not been a year, but it has been a year of you listening. So thank you for tuning in. Maybe it's been a dog year or something. Like it's that. been a dog. It's been a yeah. It's been one dog year. Uh, well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending some time with us. We hope you keep it up. Uh, we'll be back again next week on uh, New Year's Eve. How about that uh, for a New Year's Eve show? And we'll see you then, everyone. Merry Christmas.